Yo, 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 what's up guys? So I'm excited that we are doing this testimony series while season two is being worked on. Wanted to introduce you guys, for those who haven't listened to the first season, to Amadise Watson, one of my dear friends. And she's going to share a testimony with us, so take a listen. Hi everyone, my name is Amadis. Um, I get to share my testimony with you today, and I thank you, Christian, for allowing me to do so. Where to begin? I guess to begin at the beginning, I'll start with a little backstory to where my families come from. So my dad is from Jamaica, and he was raised on the island, came over when he was 13, kind of has like a, a story of abuse and maybe some neglect and different things that affected his life pre-Jesus. And then so there's my mom's side of the family. My grandparents migrated to the U.S. from Puerto Rico. Um, And so they had six kids on the island and then another five kids when they got back to the U.S. My mother is 10 out of 11 children. Her side of the family, like her grandparents were into witchcraft. Her father battled alcoholism even in the marriage of her parents. There was adultery and and different things. And so out of this background from both parents um, coming from different abusive and um, just traumatic paths, God called my mother at the age of 10 to come to him, and she said yes. And God called my father at the age of 17, and he responded with a yes. And they agreed that in their marriage and in their household, they were going to set apart Christ as Lord. And so it's from their story that my story begins. So I was born to Puerto Rican mother, Jamaican father, and they established a household of faith and um, a genuine culture of faith where what they proclaimed in church or what they stated to the public was truly who they were. Um, And so I am the third born child out of four. I've got an older sister and an older brother. And a younger sister. If you got to listen to last season, Elise was with us on the love episode in London. She's my baby sister. But Sophia and Anthony were saved before I was. So I became a Christian when I was six years old. And it was actually around this time of year today. It's the first week of October. I don't know when you're going to actually hear this. But October of 1998 is when I remember giving my heart to the Lord. So it's been... Over 20 years, actually. It's crazy. Anyway, so Sophia and Anthony, my older siblings, they were saved before me. And I remember as a child the darkness that I felt in my heart. I was very grumpy, angry, and I remember feeling like this need to express like aggression. (laughs) Like pick at people, say something mean. I remember like I would pinch babies. But it's because I wanted to. It wasn't innocent. It wasn't cute. It was literally I could feel just this inner darkness. And at times just felt like I had to lash out and express it. So when I was probably four, five, three, like I said, they were saved before I was. And they would say things like, Amadis, you have to get saved. You're going to go to hell if you don't. And... Me not being ready, me being argumentative, what they tell me, like when I hear the stories of that time in my life, they'd be like, and you would say something like, well, I don't care, or, well, I want to go to hell, so there. And so I had no concept 
of salvation. I had no concept of a need for Jesus. Um, but I was surrounded by family who truly and genuinely loved the Lord. And so I'm grateful. I believe that's part of the reason I was able to come so early is because of their influence in my life. But one October evening, it was like a Halloween party. I, or a Hallow's Eve party because it was a church event and they don't, didn't celebrate Halloween. So they were given the gospel message. I remember it clearly. I was sitting there in a pew, maybe next to my mom. I don't remember anyone else in the moment, just me and the lady speaking. And I remember that she extended the invitation for salvation and me sitting in my chair with both of my hands on the front pew in front of me. I didn't even stand. I don't think I stood up. I didn't raise my hand when she said, but anyone like to receive Christ. I lifted four fingers of my right hand off the pew in, in a kind of shy if she sees me, I'll come. If she doesn't see me, I guess I'll try again later type of wave. And to my surprise, she was like, you! And she called me out of the crowd. And so I went up and I prayed and I invited the Lord into my heart that day. And what I remember distinctly is falling under the conviction of the Holy Spirit and knowing that the fear of the Lord, like I was afraid I didn't want to go to hell. I know, like, as I've shared different things personally in conversations that can sometimes be a sentiment that some people see, like, as God manipulating, like, well, if he loves you, why would you be afraid? But I know in Proverbs, it says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. In Psalm 90, it says that the wrath of God is as great as the fear that is due him. Jesus himself states that we shouldn't fear man, but fear the one who can destroy your body and your soul in hell. So there's a measure of when you really see the Lord, like any of the prophets, you're afraid. So on that day, our relationship began because I encountered the holiness of God. And I knew that if this is true, that I deserved hell. And I needed forgiveness. And so I repented that day. And I asked the Lord into my heart. And my disposition changed. So I think generally I'm characterized as like a sunny personality. A happy person now. But like I said pre-Jesus I was a grumpy baby pincher. And after I got saved. Even at six years old. The Lord put a love of righteousness. A love of what was right in my heart. And my mom said my attitude changed toward my family. Like, no longer grumpy Amadis, cheerful Amadis. So, um, the Lord changed my heart. Fast forward to about 12 years old. So, at 6, I have an encounter with God's holiness. A transformation where I'm no longer dispositionally hateful. Still full of weaknesses, but not hateful. And um, so, at 12, I remember I was in a worship service. Because I would do, like, summer outreach programs with um, my youth group. And that was the moment that I remember the Lord really revealed his great love for me. And I would say that it's that moment that I began to focus on our relationship. Like, who are who is this God that loves me? And if he loves me, I want to do the best I can to love him. And so at 12, I began to be in my Bible more. Like one thing my dad would always say is, have you, have you read the Bible? Have you read a book? If you, if you wanted to go and do something, oh, have you read the Bible? Have you read a book? And so um, at 12, I began practicing just the discipline of being in the Word of God consistently. And from that place, 
I learned how to discern the voice of God. So from the scriptures, I would maybe ask God, like, well, what do you think about this? And he'd remind me of a Bible verse, or he'd remind me of a song that carried the truth of scripture in it. And I began to learn, this is what it means to walk with God, to, to live my day, but to to live it in lieu of what the Bible says is true and to carry out the characteristics of Christ. And so that met opposition because as you grow, you're faced with other temptations. You're faced with um, just like maybe the people who proclaim Christianity who are like the most sharp people you've ever met. You know what I mean? Like they're really like the really mean or the really bitter or the really fill in the blank people that cause you to question, are you really saved? Because I don't think God would act that way. So I had to navigate like the insecurity of being a 13 and 14, like, am I beautiful, God? And he would speak to me about my identity and sure me up in that. And at that age, I just began to walk with him and I began to bring my heart before him. And he began to just work out my salvation, like the Bible says, in fear and trembling and when need to, pointing out, hey, Amadis, this has to go. So one story I can share with you that is a significant piece of my story of becoming like a godly woman, I'll say, is when God isolated like the idol of romance in my heart. Like as a little girl, you are inundated with princess stories and love stories and then as a young teenage girl like it's chick flicks and romance movies and fantasizing about first kisses and all those things and the lord had to say to me like amaris like this preoccupation with romance is actually one lust and culture feeds it i haven't had too much experience where culture would actually say that like the female fixation on romance and Mr. Right is lustful, but the Lord told me it was. And that was beginning to give birth to different habits that he was like, Amadis, this this isn't okay. So in those teenage, maybe early 20s, allowing the Lord to purify me from that, a, a large idol, to allow me to teach me that true love is sacrifice, true love is self-denial, love requires you to think of yourself last because you're putting someone else's interests above your own to be like Jesus is to lay down your life for someone that you say you love so I would say that knowing Jesus for me has just been a transformational process of relearning what identity is because what makes you important what makes you valuable in the view of Christianity isn't what the world defines as importance or valuable because of Jesus we have an innate value because we're his creation in the world system our value is ascribed to appearance power wealth um, so there was a reshaping of my identity to look at myself look at my life as God looks at me the reshape of my inner values to desire the things that God desires and he's still doing that and like I said the romance one was a really big shaping process in my heart that taught me um, about what real love is and what purity really is and so fast forward to now I'm 27 I came to the Lord when I was six and he's just teaching me like and having done all to stand I believe that there is an element of very true simplicity to the gospel and to Christianity that 
you can be sure just about every season of life requires you to have faith in God and trust God. But the obstacles you may face are going to be different, but they're going to test and cause you to rely on the same truths of who God is. So right now I'm working like I've shared before as an ER nurse, and that tries me in different ways. And I'm being faithful to his call to serve in my local church, being faithful to the gifts he's given me to steward them, to steward my art, to steward my music, to steward my writing. Um, being faithful to the secret place because my value doesn't come from jockeying for position or affirmation of the public. So just being faithful to continue to write even though no one's read my writing or to continue to write songs even though no one's heard me produce anything, to continue to paint pictures even though I'm not getting paid but to do it for the glory of the Lord and trust that in his timing, he'll fulfill his plan for the gifts he's given me. So that's where I am now, pursuing the Lord in the word, pursuing his presence every day and that I, I look for his voice and being faithful to um, the different tasks he's given me and working and trying to be conscientious not to neglect the secret place, the place where he and I meet for the tasks that I have before me in my day. So um, that's my story, some of it. That's my testimony. I really do love the Lord. I heard someone say to know him is to love him. And yeah, I can't, I, I couldn't agree more. So thank you for listening. God bless you guys.